Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into Sunday's gospel reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Danny Sullivan. And I'm Father Rob Gallia. And this podcast is presented to you by FIG Ministry. A nice and beautiful morning here in Bendigo. We're comfortable. It's nice and, and cold. Cold outside, but nice and warm in here. It's seven degrees Celsius. It was, at least. I think it was colder earlier this morning, about seven when I was outside. And so we're here with the heater. You have your dog in your hands. <laughs> My heat pack. <laughs> yeah, keeping, her as a, keeping her as a heat pack. Yeah. And so this this is, um, and and your dog is currently eating the cable of, <laughs> of so the headphones. So I need to say all the bad things she's done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. So good to be here um, and su- such a blessing to continue to share the word of God. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about today's gospel, this week's gospel. It's um, a literary work of art, which we'll do um, and we'll talk about. Uh, but anything exciting happening um, that you can think of? We have, we're on a second story building and I'm noticing that we have some plants here which have bugs in them. How do bugs get into a second story building? I don't know. I'm not allowed to touch any of the plants here in the office. Um, Janine, our office manager, has said, Danny, don't do it. Mainly because last year I killed six succulents. Oh my goodness. So and don't, which are don't virtually impossible. Impo- <laughs> virtually impossible to get. Yeah, my dog is still alive. We're very happy with that. That's, but um, how, how old is your dog? How long have you had the dog? <laughs> uh, longer than maybe I've had some plants, to be oh, honest. Oh, okay. But so Janine's the only one that's allowed to look after the plants here. And she's trying to explain to me, like, there's these bugs that come with plants and you have to cultivate like the perfect environment for them. Okay. So apparently our office is this great breeding <laughs> ground for like disgusting bugs that just fly around. Nice. So we're trying to stop that but thank god they're not australian they're not poisonous and oh we're in australia gosh, yeah. so true they, it could be a lot worse <laughs> they could be a lot worse. <laughs> how have you been father Rob? i've been well um i had a good day i just took my my windscreen cracked um my car windscreen so i just it's in for a service this week so i'm carless today but it's a good day in the office and um so i'm looking forward to this yeah, we were saying earlier, like we've got all this recording and meetings today, so we get to hang out all day, Father yes. Rob. How exciting. This, oh, so exciting. <laughs> and I am. Um, it's always great to hang out with you, Danny. And so... Good um, answer. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> but let's, let's get straight to the scriptures. I think um, it is, a, as I was saying, the scripture verse today is a, is a beautiful work of art. We're going to listen to it again on Sunday. And there's so much we can take out of it. And now when a priest gives a homily, usually, usually um, there's one point that is brought out. But we're going to bring out several here today. And hopefully um, when we go to mass and we stand alert and ready and listen to the word of God, that we will go deeper in understanding what God has to say and what God is saying in in its entirety for um, this week. And so let's take this. This is Luke chapter 16. Verses 19 to 31. Take it away, Danny. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, full of sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. 
And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner evil things, but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Mm. So this is, uh, again, uh, a literary work of art. There's so much description, so much we can uh, miss. And there isn't, I, I don't think there's actually a word or a sentence that is not purposefully there. Um, and everything is so um, means so much and would have meant so much to those listening. And when we listen and we watch things and we hear the word of God, we hear things like the, the clothes that the person is wearing and the sores that Lazarus had. And, but we don't actually understand necessarily what the people at the time who were listening understood. And so there's uh, some beautiful descriptions that happen here that we can possibly miss out. And so maybe what we'll do is we'll go through a little bit of of the situation, describing the situation um, that people would have understood, would have envisioned and would have known um, that Jesus was saying at the time. So what I'm loving about these podcasts is that when, you know, you go to uh, mass and as you said, Father, like the priest might pick one or two points out, but here we actually get like some of the cultural and historical context. And it's, it just adds so much richness yeah. to the words that we hear, but then all of a sudden it's not just fine linen. Like there's so much more to that. Yes. And it describes the fine linen. What does it mean? And you yeah. know, all, all of this. And so, yeah, I, again, in context of Luke of the last few chapters, um, who he's talking to and what, what the emphasis is. Yeah. So he's still speaking to the Pharisees and he's been, yes. it feels like he's been speaking to them for years. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's been in parables and it's really showing them that they're not predestined. They're not just assumed a place in heaven. And imagine how hard this would be to hear. Like we'll go into the cultural and historical context of this rich man and Lazarus, but they're being told that a descendant of Abraham, a Hebrew, a Jewish person, isn't guaranteed a place in heaven. In fact, he's in hell. Yeah. So, that, so that again would have been a scandal. Like, what do you mean? He's a Jew. He shouldn't be in hell. Yeah. Hell is for the Gentiles. Hell is for those who are sinners, the people of the earth, as we did as well last week, who are going to be obliterated. <laughs> but not one of ours. Exactly. Not and one of us. The rich man who was yeah. a Jew. Exactly. And, you know, and then they're being told that not only is he in hell, he's in torment and anguish, but he's speaking to Abraham, who's in heaven, 
with a poor man at this place of honor. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago there was the the banquet and the places at the table and Jesus was speaking to these same Pharisees saying that, you know, don't expect a place of honor and those that are first will be last and those that are last will be first. And that's what's happening here. There's this poor man, a beggar who's sick. He, you know, doesn't have the energy to even fight off the dogs that are licking his sores, but he's in this place of honor. He's with Abraham in heaven, in Abraham's bosom. Like that's what more honor could you want for a Jewish person to envision that? Exactly. And so it's, again, coming to that aspect that those who will be, as you said, be first will be last and those who are last will be first. And God elevates those who are broken and who are suffering in this world. But let's go into context, okay? So there are a few characters, but two main characters. There's the rich man, which is um, Dives. Traditionally, his name is D-I-V-E-S, Dives, or Dives, if you're going to go and sort of... Uh, more more British, which literally means, uh, even though he's not named, but traditionally was called Dives, which which means rich. And he's wearing purple and he's wearing fine linen. Now, purple was the most expensive dye you could have. And it was uh, taken from some kind of worm, which they had to squash. And and it was really difficult to extract purple, okay? Um, And and it was the finest of linen. So, and basically what, uh, subtly as well, what they would have understood, the way they described it, the only people that used to wear purple and fine linen were the Jewish high priests. And so he's basically describing the clothing as a, as a high priest. So maybe what is he saying? Hey, this is possibly even a high priest who's not going to make it to, to heaven. So that's a bit crazy. And these clothes, again, what they would have understood is the expense of these clothes. You know, the robe would have cost, let's say, $40 when a, a daily wage was, was four cents. So that's, if you're going to put it in today's context, what's a daily wage? A minimum wage would be like um, 150, let's say $150. While this robe equivalent, if you were to take the equivalent, would be worth, the robes alone, $150,000. That's pretty amazing. That's a very big difference. It is a big difference. So it's, it's extravagant. It's just extreme luxury. And it's not that Jesus is criticizing the luxury even here. And, but it's saying, it continues to say that he feasted in luxury. But you know what the emphasis here and what they would have understood? Not wow, he feasted in luxury, but he feasted in luxury every day. And if a Jew or a Pharisee were listening to this saying he feasted in luxury every day, what's the thing that they would have thought of first? The word every day, which meant... Even on the Sabbath. Even on the Sabbath. He feasted lavishly even on the Sabbath. So he's breaking the fourth commandment, which is to, to, to rest, a day of rest, a day where there isn't to be lavish eating, a day of simplicity. So there's also saying here that he has broken the fourth commandment, keep the Sabbath day holy. And in a country, again, where people would eat meat, if, if, if you were rich, you'd eat meat once a week, but he would eat it every day. So it's an extreme, extreme luxury. And so he's explaining this. And then you have this guy, Lazarus. He's there under the table by himself. Oh. And how does he eat? Well, he doesn't eat lavishly. He doesn't even eat meals. Mm. He just waits for the scraps of this rich man. And again, historically, when a meal was finished and, you know, they've eaten, they've got... The rich people have eaten. The rich people have eaten and they've got food all over their hands. They didn't have knives and forks and whatnot. So instead of a napkin, they Mm. would get a piece of bread and wipe their hands on this bread and then throw that out. So this poor man is just waiting for this scrap of 
dirty bread, pretty yes. much. So the dirt of the rich man's hand mm. would hopefully be thrown on the floor yeah. and his feast could be the other man's scraps. And again, let's get this guy, Lazarus, um, which again is uh, in Jewish, it comes from the word Elezar, which means um, God is my help, mm. which is ironic because to have a name, God is my help, when you're not being helped. You, you have nothing. You're sick. Mm. You've got no scraps. You've got no home. Ulcers and in pain. And he couldn't ward off, as you said, he couldn't ward off the street dogs. And it's like you reach a point where almost he's given up. You know, yeah. I just think of like those, um, sometimes we see footage of, of in poor countries, you know, and there are flies going into the eyes and the mouths of, of, of these people, starving people. And I used to think like, why don't they just push off those flies? Why, why do they let them go into their eyes? And the thing is you reach a point where you think it's not even worth the effort. It's not worth the energy. And you just let things happen because they're going to come back anyway. Mm. And so I imagine him just so tired and letting the dogs lick the sores. Uh, and he's just thinking it's not even worth fighting this anymore. So he's in a, a place of absolute desperation, absolute um, uh, poverty. Which but, doesn't reflect his name, like God is my help. Mm. Or, you know, that's not what you think of when you think of God is my help. You expect someone to be blessed. And that's exactly part of the literary art in that sense that the irony saying that God is my help, wait, sort of. And so the people listening would have thought, hold on, there's something going to happen here mm. because to say that God is my help, something's going to change in this story. And so they knew that from by the word Lazarus, Elezar, and they'd know God is my help. They know that there's going to be some kind of change in the story from the, from the first sentence. So and then there is this abrupt change. Um, all of a sudden, Lazarus is in the glory of God and Dives, or this rich man, is in hell, in torment. And there's this country, there's this sort of dialogue that happens. And, and um, one, Lazarus um, is, is in glory, probably surprised. Then there you see God is my help. He's there with God and he's in, in happiness and he's in peace and his suffering paid off. But the question I ask is why? Why is this rich man in hell? Because... It doesn't insinuate, and we can so easily judge, and we could so easily look at this rich man. Oh, he was a rich man. He didn't do this, and or he did this. But he he was a decent man. He was a good man because if you think about it, he didn't ask Lazarus to leave, to be removed from his table. He left him there. Mm. He didn't stop him from having the scraps of the table. In fact, maybe he probably threw the scraps his way. He didn't abuse him. He didn't kick him off. And he, he wasn't deliberately cruel. And this is the thing I hear so much. Father, I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> you know, I'm not a bad person. But it's, you see, it's not, it's not about not being a bad person. You see, his sin, um, the rich man's sin, was never... Uh, the fact that he never noticed Lazarus was that he was... He took poverty and suffering and pain. And for him, it was perfectly normal natural. So ultimately, it wasn't a sin of commission, not something that he did, but a sin of omission that he left out. Um, he could have done something, he could have done something extravagant. He could have done something extraordinary, but maybe he thought, nah, let nature take its course. Let, let the world, let the universe have its way. One thing I find really interesting, Father Rob, is that how they got to heaven and how they got to hell is that you know, this rich man 
had money and he could afford it. it said here that he was taken off and buried. He could afford and, you know, probably lavish earthly burial. Yeah. But that didn't stop where he ended up. Whereas this poor man who had nothing was carried by angels. That's like amazing. what an honour. And that, you know, and then he ended up next to Abraham, you know, in his bosom like, yeah, that first will be last and last will be first. Like, you but know. How, yeah, what a, what a beautiful literary description. Eh? Yeah. One is like a burial and the other one is being carried by the angels. Mm. What luxury, what yeah. heavenly luxury that is. Yeah, so this is the, the place. But as the uh, question I kept asking is, um, hell, you know, hell, mm. the t- suffering, absolute suffering, absolute absence of God, absolute um, lack of love and the lack of peace. And who could deserve that, you see? And it, 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 it's not that he did anything wrong, but he just didn't do something that he could have done. Hell was punishment of the person who never noticed mm. and that convicts me as well you know it's not that i'm doing not doing good it's not that i'm i'm i'm, I'm not it's there's nothing wrong in making money nothing wrong in having family nothing wrong in in doing things and and being comfortable but the thing is again what are we doing for the poor what are we doing for the broken the refugees what are we doing for those who are suffering what are we doing for those who are in prison what are we doing for those who are in wars and what are we doing for those who are starving and we think no someone else can do it someone else can give to charity someone else can do that or i'll give when i'm more comfortable i'll give when i have a little bit more spare but you see that jesus is saying that that procrastination that um sort of uncaring that that place of of indifference is is something that can send us to hell, send us to eternal damnation. And that's a bit harsh, eh? Mm. And it's almost like that comfort of being able to turn your eye away. Be like, okay, there is suffering, but I don't really know what to do about it. So I'm going to look in this other direction. Mm. And like, it seems so little, but yeah, it's enough for this rich man to end up in eternal anguish. Yes, absolutely. And then there's another intercession, this, this place, you see, we, as you said, you know, he wasn't a bad man, okay? And so he comes and all of a sudden he has this empathy. He has this, wow, okay, I've realized my wrong and now I want, he became almost selfless. Mm. You know, it's not about his suffering, at least let me tell my brother. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, as soon as he knew the consequence, as soon as he knew that he was going to be in hell and he could see Abraham, he could see heaven, but he knew that he would never get there. Abraham had told him that he was, you know, they can't cross over. And his first instinct was to protect his family. But it was it was too late. Like there was this chasm, there was this divide and he didn't think to prepare while he was on earth. He didn't think to notice the poor and help the poor then. It was only when he knew the consequence and the mm. cost of this indifference and omission that he wanted to change his ways. And that's what we've been looking at. That's what Jesus has been telling these Pharisees. This whole conversation is that you have to prepare now. You have to be ready now. Um, Before it's too late and there's yeah. no repentance once you're in hell. You, there's no way back, which is, again, so harsh, so scary. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, you know, that's the price of our choices while we're here on earth. That's the price of our choices that we make every day. Yes. And and the choices, not, not of what we do, but also of what we decide not to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so he comes, um, he's, he's saying that his brother could not be warned. And then Jesus, mm-hmm. God says, no, no, no. If he's had the prophets, he's had, the thing is, we've been baptized. We have the spirit of God with us. We have God's word in us. And the thing is, if we still 
still with our baptism, with the Spirit of God with us, still with the Word of God being proclaimed to us, and we still do nothing mm. for the poor, for the broken, then nothing will, will change us. Nothing else will change us. And we can't say, no, 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 I haven't been told. I wasn't, I wasn't shown. But we have over and over and over and over again through God's word, through the prophets, through the spirit of God speaking to our hearts, through the media, we see poverty, through people, uh, campaigns being made for poor, for those who are broken, those who are outcast. If we haven't done something if we haven't given to the poor, if we don't reach out to the poor, when was the last time we have become uncomfortable mm. for the poor? When was the last time we became um, sort of inconvenienced and, and had to go without for those who are less fortunate than ourselves? Because if we haven't, if you cannot remember the last time, then maybe you are in this sin and maybe I am in this sin of omission, which is a pretty scary sin. It's a really uncomfortable, I guess, examination of conscience because, as you said, Father Rob, you can say, like, oh, I haven't killed anyone or I haven't done anything bad, but have you been doing good things? Exactly. Have you been doing the right things? Yes, and going out of your way to, to, to make this world a better place, to make this, um, to alleviate poverty even in this world. And so when it comes to this, hell is it, 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 not that, getting to hell is not that he did wrong, or that he did the wrong thing, but he, that he did nothing. Mm. So if we're doing nothing, then we could be <laughs> heading for the same punishment. I know a bit scary, but yeah, it's something that I need to pray about. I need to think about, am I doing enough for the poor? Am I doing enough for those who are broken? And, and it's not just financially, but it's our time. It's our efforts, our prayer. Mm. Um, it's, it's, going, it's going out of our way. It's our energy. What are we doing for those who are less fortunate than ourselves? That's so true. And that's, yeah, a really good prayer to take into, you know, leading up to mass this Sunday with this gospel reading and going on, what are we doing to change our ways? What are we doing to help the poor? Where there's areas in our life that we're uncomfortable to look at, are we turning our gaze there and paying attention to them? I guess that's, yeah, a prayer for all of us going into this next week. Thank you so much for listening today. It's been a joy to have you on this journey with us. Please uh, reach out, get in touch at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FRG Ministry, or you can send us an email, podcast at FRGMinistry.com. And there's also snail mail. Snail mail. Every week. So Love it's it. <laughs> FRG Ministry, and then you go, it's P.O. Box 96, Strathdale, S-T-R-A-T-H-D-A-L-E, Victoria 3550, Australia. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love your feedback and we'd love to um, have your insight and ha see how this has impacted you. And please subscribe, get your friends to subscribe, get people to listen so you can go to Mass more prepared and more enthused this, uh, this coming Sunday. Amen. Amen. God bless.